everyone, this is 30 Day Trek. I am your host, Luke Cannon, and in this episode, we are covering the Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode from the seventh season, It's Only a Paper Moon. This is the one where, upon returning to the station after having his leg being grown back after it being amputated in the earlier episode, The Siege of AR-558, Nog is walking with a cane, even though he doesn't need one, and is still dealing with his PTSD. Unable to sleep, Nog listens to a cover of I'll Be Seeing You, done by Vic Fontaine, the self-aware hologram of a 1960s-era Las Vegas lounge singer, over and over again. Put out by Jake's annoyance, Nog goes to the holosuite and accesses Vic's program, asking him to do the song in person. Vic complies and sings the song multiple times in different arrangements upon Nog's request. Not wanting to leave the program yet, Nog asks Vic if he can crash at his place since he's on medical leave and can stay anywhere he requests. Vic agrees, and after watching old westerns on TV, and after some subtle nudging on Vic's part, Nog volunteers to look at Vic's finances since Vic can't tell if he's as poor as a church mouse or as rich as Rockefeller. Realizing that Vic is sitting on a latinum mine, Nog and Vic decide to go into business together. But when Esri points out that Nog isn't walking with the cane anymore, and that Vic himself is tired from his program constantly running, it's time for Nog to come back to reality, and Vic turns himself and the program off. And after trying to turn the program back on, and O'Brien informing him that Vic can turn himself on and off whenever he wants, we get another one of the most powerful moments in the series. So... Now that the chief's told you I'm smarter than the average bear, will you stop messing around with my hollow suite? If you turn the program back on. What is it I'm not making clear to you, Charlie? You gotta go. Don't you get it? I can't go out there. Why not? I'm scared, okay? I'm scared. <laughs> When the war began, I wasn't happy or anything, but I was eager. I wanted to test myself. I wanted to prove I had what it took to be a soldier. And I saw a lot of combat. I saw a lot of people get hurt. I saw a lot of people die. But I didn't think anything was going to happen to me. And then suddenly, Dr. Bashir is telling me he has to cut my leg off. I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. If I can get shot, if I can lose my leg, anything can happen to me, Vic. I could die tomorrow. I don't know if I'm ready to face that. If I stay here, at least I know what the future is going to be like. You stay here, you're gonna die. Not all at once, but little by little. Eventually you'll become as hollow as I am. You don't seem hollow to me. Compared to you, I'm hollow as a snare drum. Look, kid, I don't know what's going to happen to you out there. All I can tell you is that you've got to play the cards life deals you. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But at least you're in the game.
crazy. For those of you listening and don't know me personally, I have anxiety and OCD. While I've gotten better at handling it, I still to this day deal with intrusive thoughts and constantly worry that any interaction that I have with the people that I respect and admire and love will be construed the wrong way and that my life will be over because of that. So while this episode is ostensibly about PTSD, it could also be seen as an episode about mental illness and health and how even though a fantasy life as seen here can be helpful in one's self-healing, Sometimes the most courageous thing you can do in light of intense trauma is to go out into the real world. It's a message that all of us, considering the last five years, and particularly with those struggling with their own mental health, need to hear. So because of that, It's Only a Paper Moon is not just another great episode of Deep Space Nine, but an episode with a lot of personal significance for me. This was also a significant episode for Aaron Eisenberg, the late actor who played Nog. When celebrities pass away, the normal reaction that people have is, oh, that sucks, okay, back to work. But Eisenberg's death two years ago was one that actually resonated with me. In the What We Left Behind documentary about Deep Space Nine, Aaron Eisenberg talked about how much of the role of Nog meant to him as both an actor and as a person. This was a man who had lifelong health issues and had to have two kidney transplants, which stunted his growth, and he was already in his 20s when he was supposed to be playing Jake's kid best friend. And the journey that Nog took from being the troublemaking young nephew of Quark and Rom's son to the first Ferengi to join Starfleet paralleled Aaron's own life. So this was a case of the actor and the role intertwining with each other so much that the only difference between the two of them was the makeup. So when you see Nog finally break down at the climax of the episode, you don't get acting. You're seeing the real deal. And this resonated so much with both fans and the general public, particularly with veterans who say that this is one of the best depictions of PTSD they've ever seen. And when Aaron Eisenberg passed away, not only was there a wake for him in the Star Trek Online MMORPG game, but there was a petition that that there be a Captain Nog statue in the background or just anywhere in Star Trek Picard, which ultimately didn't happen. But what did happen was that in the Season 3 episode of Star Trek Discovery, Die Trying, when the Discovery finally finds what's left of the Federation and Starfleet, one of the ships is the USS Nog, which is an Eisenberg-class ship. This, along with the casual mention of a ship named the Yelchin, shows how much respect and reverence the franchise has for its cast members, especially those who were gone too soon. And that respect for Aaron is here in this podcast. If you're wondering why I end each episode with Live Long and Prosper and also live well, it's because it was something that Aaron would also say when he gave interviews or did panels at conventions. So to honor an actor I respect, a character that I love, and an episode of a franchise that means so much to me, is the only thing that I feel is appropriate to say when signing off at the end of each episode. As for the episode itself, this is an episode that for me shows off just how great of a series Deep Space Nine was, particularly with its cast. This was a series that could base an episode in its seventh season around two minor characters, one of which was only introduced in the previous season, and have it be an exquisite one. Which was not the original plan. To quote Ronald D. Moore, the writer of the teleplay of the episode, the show that was originally pitched to us was called Everyone Comes to Quirks. It was one of those intriguing ideas that everybody liked, but nobody knew how to make it work. It was a high concept show where you just do an entire episode set completely in quirks, and you tell all the stories only in quirks. You do a whole day from quirk opening the bar in the morning to quirk closing it down at night. 
night. We could never really make it work, but none of us really wanted to give up on it, especially me. We said, let's do that goddamn show this year. I think I said, or it might have been Ira, one of us said, if we set the show in VIX and you do the whole episode in the hall suite at VIX, maybe it would come off a little easier. We all sparked to that idea, and we decided to weave in a bunch of different stories. Ira said, we need a real strong one. We don't have a heavy one, and one that will give a spine to the episode. This was around the time that they were working on the siege of AR-558, and they were having this big to-do about Nog's leg, these creepy internal discussions that you have. Is it one leg or both legs? No, if it's both legs, it's too much. Once that had gone into motion, we said that can be the spine of It's Only Paper Moon. Nog dealing with the loss of his leg will be the heavy storyline that will give meaning to everything else within this fun show that we are going to do. Then as we started structuring that episode, the Nog story became so strong and we realized that it was too hard to cut away from that while Nog is going through this major ordeal in his life. It felt like all the characters should be concerned about him. This is really a Nog show, and we should just lose all the rest of this concept and just do it. Just tell the story of Nog listening to that song in AR558, and that drawing him back to the Hall Suite, and let him lose himself in there for an episode. By that point, we were so far down the line that we weren't really saying, you know, it's two guest stars. It wasn't really until we got into the nitty-gritty of writing the episode that everyone said, I can't believe we're doing a show about Vic and Nog. It was just not something we set out to do. And this is something that I feel kind of gets lost when it comes to modern day television with its serialized and long story arcs and shorter episode orders. And while Deep Space Nine was a pioneering series in terms of the almost series long arc with the Dominion War and that the characters actually evolved and changed over the course of the seven years, they still did break format side story episodes that helped to flesh out the characters even further and to explore specific themes in a concise and effective manner. I'm not saying that episodes like this can't be made nowadays. It's just becoming rare and rarer, with only cable shows like Girls, Louie, Atlanta, or Better Things able to do these kind of episodes because those shows don't have a format to break to begin with. And it's something that after the heavy serialization of Discovery and Picard that we're seeing a return of in Lower Decks and in the upcoming Strange New Worlds. And one of those episodes is one I'll be covering soon. But just to put a cap on this, It's Only a Paper Moon is an episode that means a lot to me, one that I tell people to watch to try to get them into Deep Space Nine, and of a quality that I hope to achieve one day in my own work. And that's it for Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Join me tomorrow when we go over to the Delta Quadrant with Star Trek Voyager. And to quote the late great Aaron Eisenberg, live long and prosper, and also live well.